Hail you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, and this is Locked on Mizzou, your destination for partisan Missouri Tigers football and basketball talk five days a week. And today, we've got more of Blake and myself's discussion involving the great what-ifs in Missouri basketball and football history. Well, in fact, we've already covered, actually, the previous two episodes covered mostly football what-ifs. Blake and myself got to some of the basketball ones at the very end of the previous episode. And today, well, we're going to finish off all those great basketball hypotheticals involving all kinds of, of people, including Quinn Snyder, Bill Self, Tyler Hansbrough, and of course, yes, Michael Porter Jr. But first, I want to remind you guys that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. All right, and without further ado, here's more Mizzou What Ifs with me and Blake. Actually, no, I can't I can't skip over the Ty said anything. I almost wanted to, but I guess we gotta address it. Let's say Ty Sedney misses that shot. Let's say that thing rims out. What do you think happens? Missouri goes on, does it make its first final four? Because I don't know. It's a good team. I just don't know if that was a final four team. Yeah, I think I think the fact that we were in that game surprised the hell out of sure, all of us, right? I think so. And then And an excellent game to rewatch if you just turn off the last right. five seconds. And that uh yeah, the UCLA team went on to win the title. They did win it right? all. So we essentially yep. were better than the team that won the title. So transitive sure. property, Mizzou National Champions, is that how it works? I think so. I think I'm going with that. But no, in all seriousness, that's probably one that, you know, the, we make it phenomenal. You go on to the Sweet 16, that'd be ab- – like, that is huge. Just making the Sweet 16 alone is huge. So – but does that actually extend the Norm Stewart era? I, I'm not sure. I, I really don't know. It just feels like, you know, just his age, where basketball was going, kind of felt like Norm went out about, about when he needed to go out in retrospect. So, I don't know. Tell me if you disagree. No. No, I think uh, – and I think the, you know, the powers that be or the movers and shakers behind the scenes were definitely – definitely – ready to move on from norm to, no, I, to 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 the next guy that's right for sure and speaking of that next guy quinn snyder yes wow there's there's almost we've got about 28 what ifs with quinn snyder alone to be honest but I, i've tried to to pare them down as much as possible and the the first obvious question is well a lot of people felt like bill self the current kansas coach former illini coach was the was the favorite and Probably should have gotten the job. There's some people who are in that camp. Not only felt he was the favorite, felt he should have gotten the job over Snyder. Well, I guess the what if is, what if that happens? Is is Mizzou better? Is Bill Stealth still here right now? What do you think about those questions? What if what if Bill Laurie doesn't love Quinn Snyder so much? Right. Is that the, I, I guess so. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've gone back and forth on this a lot in my own head, you know, thinking that Bill Stealth is the obvious hire there, but I don't. I don't think you could. I don't think Mizzou made a bad hire there. I don't either. I think Quinn Snyder was a great hire at the time, up and coming. You know, Coach K's right hand man, et cetera, et cetera. Young, you know, handsome, a lot of lot of pizzazz. Sure. Um, but Bill Self had been obviously been the safer choice at that point. Um, we could have avoided all those running into him in Illinois for all those years and all those bragging rights games, right? Um, and then, so 
that that's a that's a fun thought process too because a lot of there's a lot of kind of defeatist or self-flagellating Mizzou fans that think that Bill Self would have come here and and won games here and had success here and then just would have left us at some point right but why like where well I mean does, I guess, does he leave us for Oklahoma State no probably not because that's that's his alma mater right that's where he that's there was some speculation he might leave can he didn't leave Kansas to go to Oklahoma State. He's, if he's the head coach at Missouri, he's not leaving Missouri for Kansas. That's right. I think that's that's the interesting part of this is because if Missouri and Kansas weren't arch rivals, I think you could easily make the case that, oh, maybe he just has a similar run to what he had at Illinois at Missouri, and then he just bounces to Kansas. It's basically the same thing. But clearly that's not going to happen. I mean, it's just, it's just not. Kansas is not going to hire Missouri's coach to be there, I, I don't think. Maybe I'm overanalyzing this, but I really don't think that's going to happen. So, I, what I think happens is Bill Self goes to Kentucky. I think that's what actually what happens. I think instead of them, instead of Billy Gillespie going there, this is pre Calipari, by the way. I think, assuming he does about as well at Missouri as he did at Illinois, I think Kentucky comes calling and gets Bill Self. That's that's my that's my theory. So that's my Bill Self to Missouri theory. Here, Blake's take on the other side of this break. But first, I do want to tell you guys about Built Bar. You see, Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And isn't that a welcome change? Because let's be honest, sometimes these protein bars aren't so hot. But Built Bar is not in that category. They have 16 amazing flavors, eight in the chocolate nut variety, and eight without any nuts. But all of them are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to choose. And most of all, they're great for the health-conscious guy like myself. You see, I lost about, gee, 35 pounds maybe four to five years ago or so, and I don't want to put that stuff back on. So in order to satisfy my sweet tooth, get that peanut butter brownie, only 170 calories, three net carbs, three grams of sugar, tough to go wrong. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code Locked On for ten dollars off at BuiltBar.com. Yeah, I would say Bill Self is at a Kentucky or a you know or a UCLA or a Indiana or maybe maybe something like that. I, I, he's not at Kansas, but who knows if you know if he if he gets Missouri up and running and Missouri's you know consistently making deep tournament runs. Um, I mean, we're, I don't think at that point. I'll I be, mean, they made the national championship game with, with Illinois, so yeah. You know. Um, I, I just think he probably would have left. I hate to say it. I, I, I'm not one of those self-flagellating Missouri fans so much, but I just think realistically he was a guy who was looking for that top blue blood kind of job, and you, you see what kind of people he hangs around with at KU these days. So I don't know. That just seemed to be his jam to me. But anyway, why don't we move on? My next question is, is all right, we still hire Quinn Snyder, but what if his life, his personal life, just doesn't kind of spin out of control there the last two, three years at, of his time at Missouri? What do you think? Is is there any scenario that he's was at Missouri for 10 years or something like that? And what do you think? Well, I, th- I think I think there's uh, – well, I, I have my own what if that I wanted to bring up about how I think Quinn Snyder could have been here as long as he wanted to. Sure. We'll, and, we'll and, get to that and for sure. And his own ticket. But, yeah, yeah. I think he, he probably got in his own way. Um, you know, he was he was a young dude with a ton of money now. And this is self admitted stuff by Quinn, yeah. by the way. We're not speaking out of school here, right? I don't so, need to get into the the details, but he's admitted that 
you know, he was running a little too hot, as they say. Maybe wasn't the greatest husband at the time. I think he's since been divorced, remarried, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I think he just, you know, he's a young guy and he's finally out from under the, you know, the, the father figure that had been, you know, right. watching over him all those years. And maybe he, and he, Coach maybe K. he got married too early. Possibly. Before he had all this freedom. and Sure. You know, so life changes yeah yeah and, can be tough and, on relationships when he's calling, yeah when he's calling his own shots and yeah and not answerable to anybody um then then you know he just he just didn't have the discipline sure um i, th- yeah. I think the obvious the first domino that's pretty obvious if he just uh, if he just kind of keeps the last couple years of his tenure at missouri just kind of keeps it more on the rails i think it's pretty obvious that we get tyler hansborough who goes on to be the Atlantic Coast Conference's all-time leading scorer, I believe. So, yeah, that's a pretty big deal. Usually, those guys don't come from Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Yeah, if he could have, uh, if he could have identified a point guard as well, that would have helped. Yeah, identifying point guards and uh, and not partying as much would have would have helped Quinn Snyder a lot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, speaking of the point guards, if we could have gotten a true point guard during that that one run, we would have avoided the worst Mizzou movie ever called "Along Came Pulley." <laughs> Randy Pulley was uh, not exactly what we needed there. And honestly, blame Ricky Clemens. <laughs> blame the recruiting of Ricky Clemens. And, you know, you, you got to say, what if what if he never has this whole ATV thing? Well, you know what, Blake? You were just referring to your what-if scenario. This seems like a good spot for it. Give it to me. Yeah, so at the, the, the time that the decision was made to go after Ricky Clemens, Jonathan Lucas III was also interested in coming to Missouri. And Quinn Snyder decided to go with Ricky Clemens over Johnson, Jonathan Lucas III, who went on to play at Oklahoma State yep. and was, was a very productive player. Yep. And more importantly for, for this discussion, not only was a, was a very good player, but he was a very good citizen. And he didn't cause any problems. So he didn't attract any, any NCAA issues, anything like that. So he would have been a stabilizing force on the court and also would have been you know not caused the program to go off the rails. Right. And as you already mentioned, Mizzou had Tyler Hansbrough in the fold – until this NCAA stuff comes crashing down and Mizzou becomes, you know, becomes kind of untouchable or, or you know, becomes like a sullied program, and Mister Hansborough no longer wants his son to go to a place where his he, alma mater, right? But because it's you know because it's it's tainted right now, it's yeah, not, it's not a good time for it. So yeah. we, we would get we get Tyler Hansborough, and then because we don't have the negative stuff going on, we would also have been able to take Brandon Rush because he was supposed to come here, but Mike Alden wouldn't let him because we had so much other stuff going on. And the NCAA, NCAA eyes on the program. So then you have Tyler Hansborough and Brandon Rush on the same team, plus whoever else Quinn would get because he could recruit. Sure, he was and with not- Hansborough in the fold. You got a good team. You got to think that recruiting momentum would have continued for sure. Yeah, um, I mean, you got Hansborough and and Brandon Rush on the same team. I mean, there's a uh, a pretty good shot that team goes pretty deep, maybe the whole way. So maybe you get a national title there. Then you get you know, Linus Kleiza. Then you've got. You're just in a spot to keep the program rolling. You get the the guys coming up from St. Louis. You maybe 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 then you're in the in the hunt for like a Bradley Beal and and those guys. So I think that right there, you can point to that one decision to take Jonathan Lucas the third over, or excuse me, to take Ray Clemens over Jonathan Lucas the third as the pivotal decision that Quinn made. As he makes that decision differently, I, I think I think the whole scope of Missouri basketball at that time changes. Well, and the interesting thing is, is of course Missouri really struggled. Snyder's last two years and obviously it took Mike Anderson a couple years to get us back into the tournament as well you know that whole four-year period is now presumably gone again if Quinn just keeps his life 
on track. And, you know, worst-case scenario, I guess this isn't the worst-case scenario, but in terms of the worst-case scenario, and it, while Missouri's doing well under Quinn, okay, maybe he goes to, not Duke, because obviously Coach Case, maybe he's the guy who goes to Kentucky, or maybe he goes, who knows where else he might go. But I'm just saying, even under that scenario, now you're in a much better spot to hire a good coach, keep the thing going. That whole four-year dark period is just gone. And not that Mike Anderson was a bad coach by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, I just think, yeah, I'm with you. It, it certainly, yeah, that, that costs Missouri a lot of wins and a lot of time, to be honest with you. And Blake, I want to hear your take on Mike Anderson's relationship with Missouri after these messages. What about how about what if Mike Anderson would have just acted like he wanted to be here ever? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I was I'm glad you said that because I was just going there for sure. And you know, that was the thing with Mike. It, it did feel like just about every year he was kind of you know wanted to be wanted to feel loved by another job or something. But I will say, you know, this is something Gabe Diarmond actually talked about a little bit the other day, and that's that apparently Mike Alden had put a contract extension sort of on the table for Mike Anderson. And and at some point it was pulled off for whatever reason. And I guess you could blame Mike for that to some extent too. Again, act like you want to be here. We offer you the extension. Well, sign the contract. He never did. And eventually it kind of got informally or formally pulled off the table. Then Mike acted like he was butthurt or whatever. And apparently that contributed to him going to Arkansas. I don't know. Personally, it felt like he was always – kind of looking for that job to open up from the beginning to me. Yeah, I mean, as soon as he had success at Missouri and got in the tournament, then every year he's you know, he's flying up Georgia to interview sure. for a Georgia job. Sure, he sure. wasn't going to take the Georgia job. He's no, just, no, no. Just pressure on him. Didn't he go to Oregon at one point and interview to Oregon? I think I mean, so. He, he was just taking all these – and it was like every offseason he's just trying to leverage. And I get it. You need to look out for number one and you need to right. you know, get your commensurate raises for your performance. But right. I don't think Missouri is – I don't think we have a reputation for not paying coaches who are doing well here. Sure. Uh, I can't. I can't recall coaches being unhappy with with how are they're how they're paid. Right. Very often at Mizzou, at least. So that was the thing. And then the the other thing about Mike Anderson is when it you know when it came that time you know he had the extension on the table whatever you know he didn't sign it it was taken away. Well, he had just put absolutely no effort into recruiting. Right. And that was arguably the the best class that the state of Missouri has ever produced yeah, a basketball talent. And he had Otto Porter in the fold, it looks like. If he just stays in Missouri, Otto Porter comes to Missouri. I mean, there's a lot of what-if dominoes there, too. I mean, Ben McLemore. Sure. Maybe. maybe B.J. Young, who was a, a, a solid college player, played a couple years at Arkansas eventually with Mike, actually. And then, yeah, obviously, Bradley Beal. So there were like four or five-star sure. kids in, in Missouri that year, and we didn't get any of them right? because it didn't seem like Mike Anderson cared to or kind of right. He actually wound up that BJ Young kid came on a visit to to Missouri and apparently just wasn't on his best behavior or something. And the players said they didn't want him to play with us. Yeah, so that's interesting. He leaves and he so we send him home. Don't don't recruit him anymore. He leaves and he goes and signs with Arkansas. And then Mike Anderson goes to Arkansas and inherits him essentially. And right. it turned out to be a pretty good. So that was just kind of a. Yeah, he, he did okay. He scored 15 a game in both of his seasons. I mean, he was a solid player for sure. And then how uh, – I mean, how does how does Mike Alden let Mike Anderson walk with, without a backup plan? Right. Well, yeah. Or what if, uh, I was what if Bernie say, Nicholas doesn't, doesn't break the news early about 
about Matt Painter. I was just going to go there. What if Matt Painter actually comes here? Because the word was he absolutely informally I've I've been saying informally informally a lot here but he informally accepted the job no no ink on the contract obviously because Gene Cady was able to talk him out of it and well Missouri has no real viable backup plan and ends up with Frank Haith so there you go a lot of people haven't uh, haven't forgiven Bernie for that like because he went to press with it he had good information went to press with it well I don't know how it's Bernie's fault to be honest I think part of it was they let him go without (laughs) signing any paperwork but then blame blame Missouri if anything I think it kind of hurt or it, Painter didn't like the fact that his kids on his team were hearing about this not sure. from him first. Yeah. I think that had something to do with it. And here we are eight, nine years later, and he's still at Purdue, and they're they're still pretty successful, so maybe that was a good move for him. I will just say, going back to Mike Anderson quickly, it's pretty obvious to me he now flamed out at Arkansas. He did okay at Arkansas. It just did make wasn't, one tournament? Uh, it felt like... Maybe two. It took, him, like it, took like, that, it took him like five years to make the tournament. Yeah, I there. was going to say they weren't like terrible. They certainly weren't lighting the world on fire. Now he's he, at St. John's. Missouri's obviously, we know how Missouri has done post Anderson. It's just been kind of a downhill slide for the most part. Obviously, both sides would have been better off if he would have stayed, don't you think? Yeah, I do. And he he recruited fairly well at Arkansas while he was. He had a lot of talented guys go through there and just for whatever reason couldn't. Yeah, just could never quite put it together. It's always seemed like there was maybe a bit of a conflict between his preferred style of play and maybe him trying to get the higher-tiered guys because I always felt like he had a good eye for getting guys who could fit into his system, for sure. And he had a good eye for underrated talent, guys like Lawrence Bowers, who we could do a what-if about, too. And then he eventually ran out of relatives. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I guess that's the problem. But uh, also I think that his style is – tough to it doesn't work as well in today's game just the way it's officiated and i think that i think you're, i think that's there's some truth to that i think he hasn't changed with the the times and i would i would like to go back to a, a time when that style did play because it's a fun style to watch but, yeah but i don't think it's as effective now as it as it once was yeah very true well maybe just going back well speaking of mike maybe just go back just a little bit here a thing gabe he was on this this long on the message boards was kind of on this Q and a thing the other day had some interesting sort of what if insights for me. It was good timing. He said, actually that regarding Bob Huggins, he said about Mike Alden, he was never hiring Bob Huggins, but there were people on the search committee like John Sunville. I remember that who want, who absolutely wanted him to. And according to Gabe, this is the part that I wasn't aware of. Huggins would have taken it, but it wasn't going to happen. That's stunning to me a little bit. And I suppose, you know, I remember not being like a Huggins fan just in terms of him personally, but I would have gotten over that in about two and a half seconds, my 22-year-old ass would have, if we would have hired Huggins, because I know he can coach basketball. Absolutely. No, I, I, I remember that. I remember reading Gabe writing that at the time. I think I was, I think I was like delivering sandwiches at Jimmy John's <laughs> that long ago. And uh, I remember that, and, and John Sunvold was like leading the leading the guys that were that wanted Huggins here, and Huggins would have come here, and then that opens up another people are like he would have left us for West Virginia. I don't know that he would leave Missouri for West Virginia. That's yeah. different than leaving Manhattan, Kansas. It for is West Virginia. It is. So I think he can. I mean, he was at Cincinnati for a long time. didn't Didn't look around while he was there. Just won and was happy while he was there. I think he could have done great here. I think. Sure. I think the fan base would really. We love you know a good rascal you know what i mean he could have been, been like norm a little norm-esque a little yeah. bit you know his he's got that, that, that <laughs> he has a hard-nosed team but they play a fun style of basketball 
They can at times. No, absolutely. They've they've played up tempo. I forgot at times, about old for Huggy sure. Bear. Old Press Virginia a couple of years ago was pretty entertaining. But yeah, I mean, to be fair, you do have to recall that there is a reason that Huggins ended up at Kansas State. That was kind of his market at the time. So Missouri yeah, wasn't the only stigma. ones who who shied on him a little bit. But I think in retrospect, that was pretty clearly a mistake. I mean, West Virginia is happy to have him. I guarantee you that. Well, so we didn't take Bob Huggins, and we go and take Frank Haith, who's under exactly. investigation by the damn NCAA. Yeah, see, it's, not like we, it's not like we got a choir boy. You know, that that was the one thing that Gabe said that I thought was that didn't totally track. I mean, maybe Alden thought this way, but just saying like, oh, he was he felt so burned by the Quinn Snyder experience that basically everything he did after that was to try to avoid getting in trouble. Right, like not taking Brandon Rush. Right, or you know taking Kim Anderson maybe to try to clean up the program, that kind of deal. But, yeah, that doesn't quite track. It just doesn't for me. When Again, when you have – if you're going to hire Haith, but, I mean, is it possible that Alden didn't know about this this thing, the Nevin Shapiro stuff? I mean, do your dil- due diligence. I mean, beyond just a simple Google search. I think that may have been the problem is that we had to shift from Painter so quickly that Mizzou – wasn't able to fully do its due diligence because, I mean, for God's sakes, just check some sources, some back channels. Somebody had to be going, yeah, this Haith is uh, a little bit uh, close to this Nevin Shapiro guy. Maybe uh, – we get to, like, sue the search firm? <laughs> Man, that we should. Their, are they supposed to be able to vet <laughs> we should get our like, We should get our money back if the, if the search firm get was damages involved. That's for, for that. sure. Uh yeah, that's terrible. Well, anyway, boy, it seems like everything comes back to this 2012-2013 period here of the the Anderson, Haith. Well, I mean, we got to bring up Lawrence Bowers, too. I mean, what if Lawrence Bowers doesn't tear his knee up before the 2011-2012 season? Now, I think it's interesting because obviously the whole Kim English at the four thing opens up the floor for everybody else, leads to what is – statistically the best offense in the entire country that season, according to Ken Palm. Does that still happen? I mean, we're also like the 110th best defensive team in the country. So what do you think? Is is the trade-off of maybe a little bit less floor spacing with Bowers, is it worth the defensive improvement? What do you think happens in that year? I think there's no way that team is worse with, with more Lawrence Bowers, and I love him, but a little less Steve Moore. Sure. You know what I mean? I'm with you. So Lawrence Bowers is not the – If Haith the, is smart enough to kind of play it, still play small, put Lawrence at the five some, you yeah, know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and Lawrence could shoot. I mean, he had, he had a good – No, he could. He had a real good jumper. He just wasn't a three-point shooter. No, but he had that but, baseline yeah. jumper. He'd hit that sure. all day. So, sure. Yeah, I, I think uh, that there's no doubt that team is, is better with elbow than without elbow. Yeah, I think you're right. I think if anything, maybe statistically the offense, it's possible that it takes a step back. Maybe is the 12th best offense, but I don't know. I just think defensively Bowers solves a lot of problems that that team had just in terms of their lack of their lack of length and athleticism. I mean, that team had no rim protection whatsoever. I mean, Ricardo Ratliff is great, and he was great as an offensive player that year. Not much in the way of resistance defensively. No. <laughs> not, Excuse not me. Purview. Sorry about that. Excuse me, folks. But also a good what if from that particular season, honestly. And boy, this is going to be a painful one to bring up, but I have to. What if Mizzou manages to beat Kansas in Allen Fieldhouse that season? Because, well, obviously, the number one answer is well, they win the Big 12, they win the regular season championship. And that'd be fabulous. Our first title since 1994. That would make me happy. 
that's a good nice, enough for a nice right middle there. finger on your way out of the conference too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Even better than the uh, winning the, the the tournament, which was a lot of fun SEC too. Chance. But, right, that was great. That was Actually, awesome. Blake and I ha- just so happened to be in the same section. Yeah. Remember that mm-hmm. we weren't sitting together at all. It just so happened that we were in the same section. We were with different people, but anyway. So what happens there? Not only does Missouri they win the title, they also get a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, which means. No Norfolk State. Right. Like we play some 16 seed, and we probably pound by 35 points or something like that. And you know what happens after that? You tell me. I, I think we were in, Missouri's we were in a got a really bracket. good shot. We're in a tough bracket. They were, that Florida honestly, game would have been real tough. Oh, right I agree. Afterwards. I was thinking. I was like, if we'd have lost to Florida. I wouldn't have even been that sad. That was right. a good Florida, really team, good Florida but, team. But yeah. What if Kim, Anderson, Kim English doesn't, the, the doesn't tweak State, his knee? Yeah, the Norfolk against Baylor. Remember that? Kim English hurt his knee. He was like. 60% after that. I hadn't game. thought about that for a long time, but I remember now, now that you bring it up, and for sure. That team, so. as good as they were, they were, they were not deep. Right. No, and, they weren't. And Kimmy was such Seven a, deep at best. Kimmy was such a pivotal yeah. part with playing, playing really an underappreciated defensive four. Um, we talked about how he just schooled Jeff Withy and our hated people yeah, last we did. time. But, um, <laughs> yeah, having Kimmy's knee banged up, was that was bad. Yeah, it was. And, honestly, to this day, I mean, I – I can't think about the Norfolk State game too long, or I start getting really sad. It's been like eight years, but it's been more than eight years. So, now, so. I watched that game in the in McCarran International Airport because we were flying out there for uh, Adam Crutchfield, Mr. Shiz, in Las Vegas. Yeah, by mi- the way, yeah, Mr. Shiz's yeah. bachelor party uh-huh. was that day. So we we touched down in in McCarran International, went to a bar in the airport, and paid fifteen dollars a beer to watch. You know, spent one hundred fifty dollars oh, no. to watch Mizzou lose, and then we're, that's the beginning of our Vegas weekend. I brought nothing but Mizzou stuff. <laughs> I was going to wear nothing but Mizzou stuff everywhere. Right. Oh, you're screwed! And yeah. then I'm just—I've we, made that mistake before. We all just moped out of there, and yeah. I, I was afraid to wear any Mizzou stuff because I, I couldn't have had a Kansas person come up to me and talk shit, or I'd have been no. in Vegas jail. You would you would have murdered him for yeah. sure, without question, and, and, and no jury would have found you guilty either. <laughs> but yeah, all right, enough, enough of twenty twelve. Right, Let's right. move on, but. You know, it's funny. We've actually got a friend who apparently, well, really, he's your friend. Let's put it. Let's put it more accurately. Your friend is apparently his dad is best buddies with Dana Altman. So here's a good what if. According to this guy, he was talking to us one night. He said Dana Altman, that Missouri was in fact Dana Altman's dream job. May still be. I don't think it still is, but at one point it was. So. Dana Altman, for those of you who are not aware, longtime coach at Creighton, did really well. He was at Creighton around the time Missouri could have hired him, circa 2011, 2012. He, he even was discussed during the Mike Anderson search process. So you can see the interest there from his side. But and now he's at Oregon, by the way. Oregon's done quite well lately in college basketball, so another feather in his cap. But what do you think, Dana Altman? Either time, you think that would have probably worked? I think it would have worked, don't you? Yeah, I would. I would hire Dana Altman over Frank Haith and certainly over Kim Anderson. Sure. So he he wanted the job both times. Apparently. Okay. So and, it was that time, not necessarily yeah. as far back as I was saying. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now I remember. But yeah, I just thought that was an interesting one to throw in it's there because he was at Moberly Community College. There you that, go. That's where he started. There you go. I was trying to remember what the Missouri connection was there. Thank yeah. you. So he had a. He had ties to. He was around the program when Norm was here, and gotcha. And the things were going well in Moberly, and then he, I think he went from Moberly to Kansas State, and I think he was responsible for taking Mitch Richmond to Kansas State, and he had some good teams at Kansas State before he went to Creighton. That's right. Before he went to Oregon. That's right. Okay, good call. Good call. Nice memory. Well done there, sir. 
Well, yeah, I think that's just just a quick one I wanted to throw out there. I think most Mizzou fans aren't even aware of was as big of a possibility, or especially from his side, that he was as desirous of that job as as uh, as he was. But well, anyway, I have noticed that there's been a bit of a pickup in the post Haith era since the Kim Anderson era went horribly. The Martin era hasn't gone as we would have hoped so far. There's certain people who are saying. Dang it, why did we run Frank Haith off in 2014? Well, what if he signs the extension or we offer him an extension, I guess, and he remains here at Mizzou? How do you think that would have gone? Certainly better than the Kim Anderson era, but honestly, what was your overall feelings on Haith as a coach? He he seemed to be it, – it, it looked like he was losing momentum or it just felt like he was losing momentum. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what it doesn't necessarily make sense. If you look at the talent that he had on the teams. I mean, we had Jabari Brown and and Jordan Clarkson on the same team. Yeah, and those guys averaged forty points a game combined. I mean, Ernest was, Ross was pretty good too. Ernest Ross was good. Um, Jonathan Williams was, as a freshman was yeah, on that I mean, fourteen team. And he had he had he had kids signed. Good good freshman kids signed. I mean, Kim Anderson's first recruiting class was like a top ten recruiting class. Right. Um. That he eventually ran off everyone. Sure. I mean, they had those were people that that Haith and uh, what was it? and the the assistant that Tim was Tim Fuller, yeah, Tim Fuller. I mean, they, like Naaman they, Wright, Jaquin yeah, and Gant, and then some uh, you know actual freshmen too. Yeah, they were. I mean, they were in on West kids Clark. And, and yeah, I mean, they were in on kids and and the talent seemed to be there, but I, I don't know that people wanted to say that we didn't play defense or something remember that was like a common thing remember, yeah remember kim anderson's goofy ass introduction sure he was we're, all about we're gonna play defense. Gonna play some defense and slap uh, the floor I, actually we're gonna play defense here that's terrible and gary links introduction. i guarantee you they're gonna play defense sure um we, we, we never really did though we weren't very good at defense oh, we were the offense. worst at defense and at <laughs> offense this first year so that was great um yeah just i it's it's hard to say i mean the, the talent was definitely there and it, but the last two his last two tournament appearances were just such whimpers, you know. Just, yeah, just they just they just got there and just laid down for Colorado State. Yeah, no, that you was know? a real whimper for sure. And honestly, that following year, the the team with Jordan Clarkson and Jabari, you know, I really like Jabari. I I think Jordan Clarkson's a heck of a player too. But that just seemed like a deeply unhappy team the entire time. So I I don't know what was up with that team. Poor Ryan Rosberg looked like he needed to be rescued from that situation, but. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm not – certainly the, the basketball program would not have cratered in the manner that it did, I don't think. I feel like Missouri would have still – they'd have probably made a tournament or two, maybe one more NCAA tournament in that period between, say, 14 and 18, our next appearance. But, I don't know, it just felt like, hey, he just never built anything sustainable, so – I don't know. Unfortunately, we made about the worst hire we possibly could on the other end of it. That Certainly. was the main yeah, problem. What if we hire any? What if Mike Mike Alden isn't leaving? Right. And, and what if we hire anybody else? I mean, yeah, Dana Altman, obviously. But I mean, there's a there's a bunch of names you could throw in there that would have been better, I'm sure. But that we were considering. Well, obvious one, Ben Howland, ben down Howland. in Mississippi State. I mean, that was a real. I think he wanted the job too. Yeah, to absolutely. be honest with you. I mean, to say that he would have been better than Kim Anderson's the understatement of the century. The guy's but, got two Final Fours with yeah. two different teams. I mean, sure, and he's still recruiting high-level four-star, yeah. five-star guys down to Mississippi State. And you, so, and people wanted to say the program was like not attractive at that point, but we, I mean, 
we just mentioned all the talented freshmen sure. in this this class that's there ready to. They were able, to, yeah. Techie Gil Caesar, for instance, was a high level guy that a lot of people yeah. wanted. It just you know, Keenan Graham he hurt was the, his back. Was the I Georgia think, player and, of the yeah. year, and sure, um, they were all right there. And uh, and I mean, Kim Anderson was able to keep them. You, you can't tell me that Ben Howland didn't wouldn't have the the cash cachet to sure. to keep these kids. Oh, I think and then so. Give those kids to Ben Howland, and I think I mean. And speaking of somebody who can coach defense, by the way, that's his calling card. So if you want defense, there you go, Ben Howland. There's your guy. But yeah. Anyway, and that whole coaching. Remember, it was like it was it was uh, blanking on. It was Greg Marshall or bust. Oh, remember okay. that? Yeah, and I've heard Greg Marshall was never really realistic either. So but there was like, yeah. it was like he wanted five million dollars or something. Sure, that's, what it was. that's like, basically him telling you, yeah, I don't want the job because I know you're not going to pay me this. But so that was either that was the it was either Greg Marshall or Cam Anderson, right? Which is such a stupid way to go about. It can't be that narrow. No, I mean anybody else, right? Any other? I mean, hired Jim Scanlon. <laughs> I, I swear to God, anybody but Kim Anderson at that point. Yeah, uh, I'm with you, bro. Just unbelievable. I'm with you. Well, you know what? Let's close it out with just one more. The most recent one. Maybe the most obvious one. It's Michael Porter Jr. What if his back just never goes on him? What if he never gets hurt? Well, quite honestly, clearly the 2018-2019 team's way better. 17-18, I'm already forgetting what year. It would have been 17-18. Yeah, honestly, you put Michael Porter Jr. on that team, and what we've seen is in this shortened NBA season so far, yeah, he's as good as we thought he was. He's really freaking good, and yeah, he would have probably taken us to Sweet 16 at the very least, I'd say, at the very least. Yeah, and not the Michael Porter Jr. that we got back exactly when he came back and hadn't right. played for... Talking about you know. the Michael Porter Jr. who played in the NBA this following season, yeah. the guy who was healthy in high school three, four years ago. Yeah, yeah, with his brother and... You know, you right. can even say like, "What if his, what if, what if Jante's knee holds up the next year?" And that one too, of course. There's another one. I so. mean, poor Conzo, honestly. Right. For as much as we, as much as we have our criticisms of Conzo, really, you just change those two things, and his entire tenure might look a lot different and better. I mean, it, seriously, the amount of recruiting momentum—just a run to the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight. God forbid, Missouri makes its first Final Four with MPJ. You know what would that have meant to this program? And just think, it's think just, about the national the national narrative is and the attention you know, that you, you, we get right. from all of his games, every single game, as right. opposed instead to instead of one story on right. oh, oh Michael George, Michael Porter's hurt, yep. he's not playing. That's not that's not exciting. But if you sure. cut to, cut to Missouri with presu- presume you know presume number one pick Michael Porter Jr. drops thirty five on Kentucky, sure type thing. You know we're at the fourth. We were robbed we're, of all. Yeah, that. we're we're the you know we're the lead for for Sports Center with with that stuff going on. You know that's sure. I mean and. They're, that's priceless, and that's right. like, hey, look, Missouri's back out of nowhere. It's been a great like resurrection story. Sure. Instead, it's just more, more, you know, the the curse. <laughs> and, and just and again, you, we got that one season season ticket bump, which was which was fantastic. The problem is, again, if you make that again, let's say it's Sweet Sixteen, go even further, Final Four. Imagine how many more people would have re-upped for those season tickets the following year. And then if Jonte's still there and we, we have another good season, maybe make the tournament or whatever. I mean, just so many more season ticket holders renewing their tickets, just so much more interest and buzz in the arena. I mean, it really can't be understated what a killer the Michael Porter Jr. injury was, and to a lesser extent, Jonte. Just, it just makes me sad because they seem like good kids, and, well, obviously it makes me sad for me as a Missouri fan. Right. <laughs> just, I just had a thought, like, what, what about to say if you've got a Ben Howland that has that reputation? Mm. 
I mean, you're in play for Jason Tatum. Sure, I think so. Much more so. The, the Tatum's like Missouri. Yeah, but they they didn't go to the Kim they Anderson. Basically, thing. flat out said, "I we love him, but but Jason's not playing for Kim Anderson." Sure. Yeah, and there was that was a running theme. It was just an inability to connect with that with guys of that generation, whatever it was, and you know. Anderson, not a bad guy, but clearly a bad, a bad coach. I hate to say it, a bad head coach for Missouri. Yeah, a bad hire, right? Certainly. A bad hire, certainly. But anyway, I think that'll do it for this episode of Locked On Mizzou. And for those of you who can't quite get enough pro football in your lives, be sure to check out Locked On the NFL Draft on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. So until next time, for Blake Stark, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.